Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. He played 10 years in the NFL, including a bunch of Monday night games. I host a daily radio show, afternoons on the team, 983 to 6 p.m. Spent five years on the Commander's Beat. And in that time, Logan, I covered a couple of Monday night games in Philadelphia. They did not go as well as last night. Uh, A win for the Commanders, ending the Eagles' unbeaten streak to start the season. The 72 Dolphins can pop their champagne, and they can thank Taylor Heineke and company for it. Uh, Look, nobody really predicted this. I think both of us did say, like, hey, there is a path here. There is a path where this could be competitive and and ultimately the commanders win. Obviously, uh, the final score winds up being inflated. Uh, Goodbye to all your under bets. Uh, Inflated by the the Casey Tuhill touchdown at the end on the lateral play. Uh, But at the end of the day, commanders win, and they were pretty commanding outside of the first couple of drives where the Eagles uh, forced a a turnover and then, then were able to score quickly. But... Uh, an all in all great performance marred i think by some of the officiating conversation um i mm, think nationally yep. that was interesting this morning i i turned on uh get up and good morning football and, and and all those shows and a lot of talk about the officiating which certainly had a huge impact in washington's favor however uh the commanders took advantage uh, of key eagles mistakes forced some key eagles mistakes and i think they deserve a ton of credit for this win yeah, I think they do deserve a ton of credit for this win. And you mentioned how, you know, no one no one that I know predicted them to win this game. But we all kind of understood there was a path. And if you were going to draw up a perfect way to execute a game plan to beat the Eagles, like this is essentially what it would be. I would have liked to see them be a little bit more efficient running the football, but essentially it's run the football, limit the exposure of the offensive line, limit the exposure of Taylor Heineke, get into third manageable situations. And credit to Heineke, credit to this receiving core. They did an excellent job in those situations, converting specifically in the first half. And everyone says, oh, you know, they ran 51 plays in the first half. That's because they're running the football. That is a total misleading kind of statistic. They they ran 51 plays because they converted on third down. They did an excellent job in that category, right? And uh, guys had to make plays. Like I think back to the first, it was the on the second second series, Third series, not counting the uh, or counting the um, the fumble, but you know Terry runs an out route. Heineke pushes the ball a little bit wide. Slay has a shot at it, but uh, you know um, Terry attacks with strong hands, brings the ball in, 
and you get your first down. And then that, that drives in, ends up leading to a field goal. So I just think like those are the types in a game like this, those are the types of plays that no one's going to talk about. They're not going to be on sports center, but those are the difference in bet- between winning and losing this game, quite frankly, and credit to Scott credit to the offensive line. Um, but really credit to Taylor Heineke and the skill position guys, because they did an excellent job of executing this plan and, and making, and I think that's the thing we've talked about this before, you know, what's the difference between winning and losing? Sometimes it's just making plays on a third and eight, catching a slant on a, um, third and eight, you know, you get, uh, Curtis running over the middle, Taylor buys a little bit of time in the pocket, sits in there, makes a completion. Like those, those plays are the difference. And then, you know, you mentioned the officiating, which I think is very astute. And to me, you know, obviously the face mask penalty is big. Um, the penalty at the end of the game is big, but I think the other thing is the offensive pass interference that they called on Washington, uh, where they completed that ball to Curtis Samuel is gigantic. Like that could have iced the game right there. And to my eye, I don't see anything on that play that should have been called a penalty. Like you're allowed to run that kind of pick play inside of one yard. They're at the line of scrimmage. It looks it, like it was John. like three yards down the field, but it's still Jahan never like Jahan yeah, running like, his route. Like he never he never intentionally makes like Jahan did a good acting job. It's obviously designed pick play. Yeah. Um, but it's you know I, I it was interesting hearing. I think it's John Perry is the their officiating rules analyst for ESPN, yeah. and he's like, well, you know, you have to try to make an attempt to get out of the way. You can't just run into a guy, and I feel like that's not how that is typically enforced. Like, have you obviously like set a pick? then it gets called. As long as you don't obviously set a pick, it's typically not called. So yeah, no, you're 100% right on that. I, I, I feel like that was questionable at best. But obviously, the it's not nearly as egregious as the face masks, which would have saved a turnover. Saved by the way, how often, how often this year have the commanders had what looked to be key turnovers overturned by a penalty? Correct yeah. calls in most cases. Yeah. Um, but that's they finally get one of those in their favor. And then I, I think the, the call at the end of the game is correct, but incredibly soft. And I hate that it's called in that situation. Yeah. But that is, that is what it is. Like Brandon Graham, you know, Taylor, gave himself up and he took three extra steps yeah i mean i had a conversation with my brother and, I, and he was like you know this he's a he's a big uh, jalen hurts fan he's a big alabama fan big jalen hurts fan he was like man that's you know that's ridiculous that's so soft and i'm like by the letter of the rule that's that's a penalty you know and it, he had plenty of time to stop and not do that the player had given himself up and i understand there's a lot of purists like you know if, if that had been if when i was a rookie that there's no way on earth that would have been called right that just right. would have been yep okay Next play, you're gonna punt it, and uh, but now Hell like that's an acting job by Taylor too. By the way, I mean just but, flop like you, like your life depends on it. But that's the environment of the NFL right now, you know. Right. And like I've seen softer things get called right against bigger name quarterbacks. So I know that's probably frustrating for Philadelphia. I know that's probably frustrating for fans of a different game because, quite frankly, football is much different now. But ultimately, like that's the letter of the law, and that's what they chose to call. And and I don't think. In terms of egregious penalties, like uh, I've seen way worse things get totally. called. You know what I mean? Like way, way worse, way softer, way more mild things get called. So, you know, as much as it's frustrating, like I, that's part of the deal, you know? And like Washington, like you said, has had a lot of things not go their way this year. And so they get two calls that kind of fall for them. And I think, um, again, that's uh, that's an interesting, an interesting thing. Yeah, and these – types of things tend to even out over the course of a season. And and I think at the end of the day, like what you're looking at is a team that was able to take advantage of those things. And yeah. that's where they deserve the credit on their end is they, I mean, it's not like they played great because I mean, if, if Quez Watkins doesn't fumble there, like what are we talking about this morning? 
Taylor backbreaking interception. Eagles get the ball back. Jalen Hurts goes and, and immediately picks up a big play. Um, you know, and and who knows if they score there, and then then the Commanders get the ball back. And what does Taylor do? Like maybe he comes back and leads a game winning drive. Maybe he throws another back breaking pick. Maybe they just go nowhere because all of a sudden they have to throw the ball, and they threw for barely over two hundred yards again. Like we don't know what that conversation is like because Benjamin St. Juice went out and made a play. And, and I think that's where you have to just give this defense, especially a ton of credit. Is yes, they weren't asked actually to do a lot because the offense really held up their end of the bargain four drives four drives of 12 plus plays that's incredible yeah um especially against a really good defense um but when you when they had to do what they needed to do john ridgeway you know while jamin davis yes is tugging on uh on dallas goddard's face mask but ridgeway punches that ball out by the way does that on one of his eight snaps of the game. I know. He, I, for only think, playing eight snaps, it was very impactful in the game. Had yeah, a nice think, tackle, I, too. Yeah, I think we'll get into some of the, the strategy decisions as we get kind of deeper into our breakdown. But, you know, Benjamin St. Just making a play uh, on that that fumble. Um, Derek Forrest, heck of a play. I mean, how we talked about it at, at nauseum this year because uh, I keep bringing it up. But, like, how, how teams have not been scared to go deep on them. Because yeah. they're just like, yeah, Bobby McCain's not going to get back there and make the play. Derek Forrest's not going to get back there and make the play. And Forrest turns, runs. I mean, that's a hell of a play. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I, I think Aikman did a good job on the broadcast explaining it. Like, I, you know, he said, I see what Jalen sees. I see a receiver that's got that's even with the safety that's got him beat. And Forrest just turns his head. But the thing is, he doesn't just turn his head and run to a spot. He turns his head and keeps his eye on the ball. And how often do we see safeties just go, oh, no. And they wind up commit, you know, crashing into the receiver and committing P.I. Forrest was tracking that ball the whole way. What's wild is A.J. Brown catches it and Forrest kind of rips it away. It's, it's yeah. a bizarre interception at the, at the point of contact um, or at the catch point. But to, to have that level of composure in that moment to go, I'm beat technically, which is why this ball gets thrown. But no, I'm not. I can get back and make that play like. Those, those are the. That's the difference in winning and losing football games is making those kinds of plays, and and the Commanders made them, and the Eagles uh, made a couple of, of really nice ones, but but the Commanders ultimately get more against the team that have been the best turnover margin team in the NFL this season. Yeah, and I think that was uh, that play you're talking about with Forrest is really interesting because I think you know they're trying to get him to take the the dig on the backside, like they're trying to get him to break on that, and you know to your point, like we've seen safeties take that take that invite, you know, numerous times this year for a big play. Right. And so for him to kind of be patient and you can see Jalen hurts is like staring down the dig and Forrest is like, I don't know about that. And just stays in his back pedal, which is nice. And then when he does transition to uh, AJ Brown, it's really cool to see that like he's at least in phase to make a play. Obviously if that ball was a little bit better, you know, AJ Brown making a play there, whatever it is, but at least he is in a position with through good eye discipline and good footwork, to, to make an opportunity to, to make a play on that ball. And I think, you know, you, you bring up something that I think is really interesting is that they did make plays. And if you look at Philadelphia's offensive production, it was really what we were expecting from them. They were very, very clean for most of the game in terms of like, they, like they'd go on, you know, I think they had a couple uh, or maybe one or two, uh, 10 plus played kind of drives, you know, after the three and out to start the half, they were able to move the ball a little bit, possess the football, be very, very efficient. And if you look and if you take away that, that you know the like you said the the deep ball to um aj brown and then uh or not not aj brown the um the watkins and the watkins fumble like the complexion of that game feels so different because when you watched like play down in and down out every third down 
this team was not getting stops and the stops they got were off of turnovers. And so like, I'm not trying to trivialize that, but in terms of high variance situations, like we weren't expecting this team to get three turnovers. Philly wasn't expecting to have three turnovers. Right. And that's to me, one of the hugest differences defensively for this team is like, they just were able to kind of cultivate these opportunities, cultivate these stops because quite frankly, they weren't doing an excellent job of it. I forget what it is, but Philly was, they had a decent third down percentage. They were moving the football. They were possessing yeah, they were the football. They were five of eight on third down. Yeah, they, and so that's what it felt like when you're watching. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, like the, the, the like the inertia of Philly's offense. Like, you know, I watched a ton of them last week in preparation, and they'd have these moments where it's just like you couldn't stop them, and that that's kind of how it would feel. And then all of a sudden, something crazy would happen. And crazy for Philadelphia is turn the football over because it's something they haven't done at all this year. So, really. You know, like I don't, it'd be, it'd be so curious, you know, alternate history. Like, what happens if they don't get those turnovers? Can they kind of bog them down in the red zone and force force them to kick field goals, force them to punt? Because it, when you watch the film yesterday, it didn't feel like that outside of the turnover. So, th- that's why those things are so significant. And they're significant every week, but especially significant in this game. Well, that, I actually wanted to ask that. And then we can dive into the film of the offense, dive into the film of the defense and, and what they did and, and how they were able to create those key plays. But I actually tweeted this last night that I think this film is going to be fascinating, or maybe it was this morning, fascinated to watch, fascinating to watch because if you take away the kind of feel of the game that you get from watching it on television or from being there, you take away the scoreboard, which uh, for folks that don't know, like when you watch uh, film, depending on how it's cut up, like, you know, you do get like a down and distance in the scoreboard shot before every play if you want it. But depending on what you're, you know, on NFL game pass now, you don't, which is wild. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. It's it's, you're just out there in the wild, wild west trying to find (laughs) stuff. Um, But if you were to just watch play after play after play without context, I don't feel like it would have felt like the commanders won the game. You'd be like, yeah. man, they ran a ton of plays, but I don't, I don't know they got anywhere. And then you, you look up and it's 32-21 at the end, you know, in part because of that last play, um, you get the, the bonus six uh, from, from Two Hill, but still like 26-21 fine. Like it, it didn't feel like that. And which is why, like honest to God, Logan, watching the game the whole time, I'm like, oh, the Eagles are going to come back and win. Like the Eagles are yeah. fine. And, yeah. then, and then all of a sudden they didn't. Yeah. And, you know, the, the face mask play, I think, is the one where I, I went, oh, no, the, I think the commanders actually have this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, from I will say early on, it definitely felt like the commanders were in control, but they hadn't pulled away score wise. Um, right. Sly, by the way, huge credit to him. Monster day from. from Holy the cow. Great job. Um, 55 and 58 amongst his four field goals. Um, but. The commanders, you know, early were like nine of twelve on third down, but they finished twelve of twenty-one, yeah. which is like not terrible, but not amazing. It's and better than it's were, been. Yeah, Eagles were five of eight on third down, which you know the commanders have been fantastic on third down, mostly defensively this year. But five of eight, obviously, not a great day in that department. Um, and the Eagles have some big plays in their you know limited number. So it just, I just feel like you know if and, and you'll have to tell me because you did this like when you watch the tape of this one, it probably doesn't feel like the Commanders win, but that shows you to underscore kind of what we've been saying the last fifteen minutes how important certain plays are in key situations and why those things win and lose football games in the NFL. Yeah, so you know for the um, for the command center show, I have to pull clips, right? So what I do usually is I go through and I look at series and I go down. And I say, oh, here's a three play sequence. How do they get to three and out? And in the course of the game, there's only three of those, right? 
there's only three opportunities for the defense where they cultivated their own three and out. One was in the two-minute situation right before half where they dropped two passes. So that's Philly screwing that up. One was at the end of the game where they actually were able to cultivate a pressure and get a sack, right? That's awesome. And I can't remember the other one, but they weren't there. They were few and far between. And so I, I bring that up because to your point, when you're watching the film, it feels like an inevitability. It feels like they've just got this, this tremendous efficiency and inertia. They're completing the ball. Jalen Hurts looks settled. He looks comfortable and confident. And there aren't that many plays. So take away the three, take away the three turnovers, which j- just for the purposes of this argument, right? And it's, they are executing a very efficient offense, an offense that's way more efficient than what the commanders are executing on the other side. But then you sprinkle in those three plays, and you're like, this is why the score is what it is. And kudos to kudos to the commander's offense, right? You know, we knew going into this game they would need to possess the football. We didn't think it was going to be to this level, but we knew they were going to need to possess the football. And this this steals, this stole a possession, probably two possessions from Philly in the first half, which they would have scored on, right? They come out, they get a three and out right coming out of halftime, which is great. The defense, they are able to score again. And then that's when Philly kind of said, all right, let's see if we can get this thing back in control. And you could feel it. And I think the thing that was frustrating to me is you knew that the commanders offensively were riding a high wave of variance, right? They were being super efficient on third down, which is something that they couldn't sustain. And then you come into the fourth corner and it looks like they can't do anything, right? They can't, you know, they're they're going constantly three and out. Their their longest drive of that quarter is sustained by a penalty, right? Uh, A personal foul on Curtis Samuel, which is a little bit borderline in my opinion, like, you know, they said helmet to helmet, but it's kind of like he's. Oh, right. Yeah, that was yeah, that was he's a not, terrible call. He's, he's in not, bounds. And yeah. Like, you know, it, it's kind of shoulder to shoulder, kind of helmet to helmet. But it's not like a targeting helmet to helmet. He didn't launch. It's just like the, the helmets collided. Yeah, and he it's hits football. him. He hits him really hard and he falls really hard out of bounds. And so I think that's what it is. But it doesn't look like he's giving himself up. It doesn't look like he's declaring that I'm going out of bounds. You know, there's certain situations where the guy's like running and it's like, I'm going to go out of bounds. That's not what this felt like. So again, no, that, that's his just... foot was in bounds when they made contact. Correct. So even if he is like, I'm running out of bounds, like, yes, as a, as a polite human being and minimizing injury risk, should you just let the guy run out of bounds? Sure. But it legally speaking, you have every right to hit a player that's in bounds with the ball. Well, and I think that's the thing with Curtis. It doesn't like, so there's, there's, there's certain times where uh, I guess to my point, it looks like they're trying to get out yeah. of bounds. And so it's like, mm, yeah, it looks like he's, it looks like he's trying to stay in bounds, you know, until like the last possible second. So that that, that call was – I understand why they called it, but it's a, that was a little surprising to me. But I guess what I'm saying is like that's where the commander's offense regressed and Philly's offense started taking over. And again, like those turnovers are gigantic. We've talked about that at nauseum. But if you just watch Philly's offense play in and play out, you'd say that's the better offense, that's the better team, they probably should win this game. But again, that's where that turnover statistic comes in. And, and it was awesome to see, especially after the Forest play, that the commander's offense was able to capitalize on that and get some points. So, you know, kudos to them. And then I think it's also important to note that they get that Philly gets seven points off a short field, you know, off that turnover, um, off the sack yeah. fumble right away. So, you know, on the whole... Which, by the way, only happens because of one of two huge special teams plays, uh, roughing the kicker. And yeah. then you have the the play at the end of the game that costs the Eagles the two-minute warning. Like you talk about key plays. Well, when uh, I can't remember who it was for the commanders was about to block the punt, and the Eagles punter has to like pull That's it down, right. scramble, That's right. That's and, right. then, and then kick it, which is an eligible man downfield because the timing's all goofed up. 
And again, they, they screwed that up. So initially I thought the punter bo like bobbled the ball, but um, it looked like they had some type of switch call. So like what happens is they'll take the PP sometimes versus a six man block box and they'll have the PP block the wings guy so that the wing can free release and basically become like an extra gunner down the field. Um, obviously they're, the commanders were not in a six man box. They were in an eight man box. And so in an eight man box, that call is off. And obviously that communication, at least to my eye, was not echoed to the wing. He just lets Kalik run to the punter. Good job by the punter not taking a block there, quite frankly. You yeah. prefer the penalty, but, um, but that's another a two minute warning because they have to re kick. And so I think that's the other thing is there's a lot of frustration, I'm sure, in Philly and like in the national media about the officials. But the reason the game is closest because Washington played a good game. Right. Yes, the reason they're 100%. even these, these moments are even in a conversation is because Washington played well. So I, I know it sounds like, you know, we're, we're, we're disparaging Washington. We're disparaging the commanders like they did what they needed to do. But I, I think it's important to just show like how like this is not a sustainable way to f win football games because they're riding yes. this riding this incredibly high level of turnover variance and third down variance. Like they're not going to be that good on third down for the rest of the season, probably. I mean, they might be, but it's very unlikely. And then the the, the turnover thing. Like they haven't had three turnovers since I've been covering the team feels like. So, you know, for the last two and a half, three years. So right. those are the things that, that give you the win. And again, Philadelphia, I think is the better team. And you watch them down to down. You said they are better. They even played the run pretty well. Like if you look at the run averages for the team, it's about three yards of carry, which is not super efficient. So they did a good job in that department. And the reason you get that high run volume and the high run yardage it's just you were great on third down. And I can't overstate how important that is. Like when you watch the film, that's something that jumps out to you is there's all these muddy kind of mouthpiece, bloody eye, bloody nose type runs that are for two and a half, three yards. And then they do it two times in a row. They're in third and four, third and five, third and six, third and two. And in past games, they have not converted in those situations. And here, all of a sudden, they're converting at a high level. Taylor deserves a ton of credit. Receivers deserve a ton of credit. The pass protection was great for most of the game. So, like yeah, I want to say it's variance, but they executed in those situations and they made plays in those situations. So I think that's something again that really sticks out to you is just how they were able to capture that variance, execute at a high level, and then on defense, like they weren't stopping Philly, but the turnovers were the things that they, instead of getting three and outs, it was the turnovers. And I think obviously those are the two huge variables in this game. Definitely, they did have one huge three and out late in the game. Um, yeah, which the last drive of the game. A, a ton of credit for. Um, in fact, well, I guess the, there was a fumble on the, the three play, uh, drive before that, but yeah, that, that, uh, that play where they was a minus eight yards on the drive, um, with three twenty one to go is when that drive started and that play, that's the drive that ends in, in the goofy punt situation. Um, all right, let's dive in a little bit to the tape itself. Yeah. 